So this morning, we're going to get to hear from Sandra Salvador. Yeah. Sandra is a VIP around here. She's sort of a legend. She made her initial debut in the focus ministry here in Denton with several of us who've been here for a long time. And then she's been in campus ministry now at Richland for how many years? Seven years. Yeah. Seven years. So there have been people who have uh, come up through Richland and then even transferred over here that have been invested in by Sandra. And she has been ministering to college students over in Richland for a long time. Before that, she was here with us and helped be one of the leaders who started this church in its earliest years. And so it's a real treat to get to have her, one we just get to see her and have an excuse for her to have to spend Sunday morning up here with us. And we get to catch up and hang out with her. And also we just get to hear from her perspective and what's on her heart and things that God's been teaching her. She's going to be continuing in our sermon series about the good news in the Old Testament. And just as a reminder to you, this is our way of not only looking at the Old Testament, which is a, a, a half of the Bible that many of us struggle with and is hard to think through, but also as apprentices of Jesus, we want to take careful consideration to look to the Old Testament, which is the Bible that Jesus himself had and he used readily in his ministry. And so that, just to remind you of the, the heart of what we're trying to do here, I'm going to hand things over to Darby, who's going to read some scripture, and then we'll get to hear from Sandra. All this build up for just me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to read from Ruth 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his sons were Malon and Kilion. Uh, they were a path. Epaphrathites? I'm sorry, I did read this ahead of time. From Bethlehem, Judah. They went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, uh, was left her two, with her two sons. They married a Moabite woman, one named Orpah and the other one Ruth. After they had lived there for about ten years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband's. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. When she kissed them goodbye, they wept aloud, and they said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons? Who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is better, it is bitter for me, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpha kissed her mother in law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister in law is going back to her people and to her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. 
Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, uh, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women carried on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. <laughs> I forget Justin is here, and he has been a fan, I think, of me since, I don't know how long, since day one. I don't know why. But yeah, good morning, church. I am excited to be here with you guys today. I don't know where I should be. Should I be? Oh, down there. Okay, Josh, you didn't tell me. That's embarrassing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay, yeah, good morning. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Although it is a little bit weird that I'm back and we're not talking about race this morning. (laughs) Um, though I love the North Church. Yeah, like Josh said, it is, uh, yeah, I've been here since the beginning, and I'll be uh, sharing a little bit about what that was like uh, towards the end of my sermon. Um, But yeah, I got asked to be part of this series, and I'm like really honored uh, to be here speaking with you guys this morning. Um, we do. I did bring some of my roommates who were also part of the Denon North Church and the Denon Ministry here for a while, and some Garland people are here, which I, which is where I normally go to. Yeah, so you guys should meet them. They're probably like sad of like we get to see her every week, and they're trying to get away. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to share what's been on my heart for the the past few months. Um, yeah, I uh, Darby read uh, Ruth chapter one for us and. I'm going to be spending majority of my time pulling scriptures from uh, that chapter because it's been really ministering to me um, during the season. And I like kept going back and forth on like trying to figure out like, yeah, what should I preach on? Um, and all of these like sad stories kept coming to mind of, um, yeah, these, these stories in scripture that talk about pain and, and doubt and suffering and loneliness and um yeah, and when I, yeah, I, I got asked, we're, you guys are doing the Old Testament series, I, uh, I knew that I had to be preaching um, on Ruth. And, and I think the reason I've been, like, drawn to those stories is because they've just been really ministering to me in this season that I'm in. And, yeah, I'm not going to be using this time to just dump everything that's been going on in my life, and it's not at all, like, similar to what Naomi is going through, um, but I think, yeah, the reality of, of just this season is that I've been, um, yeah, her words are really resonating with me. Uh, she says uh, in verses 20 to 21, do not call me Naomi, which means pleasant, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Yeah, so that's really, really sad. Um, 
And yeah, before I get started into my points, I, I, one thing I do want to share, a good indicator for me, and probably a lot of you guys can relate to this if you're not doing well, is that I tend to get like easily angry and upset at everything and anything. Like, yeah, I just am really short with, with people, with my roommates, with my family, in ministry, and yeah, all sorts of uh, every relationship around me, I just kind of like look at the negative of it. And the way that I deal with things, with hard things, is by um, not dealing with them. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't spend more time praying. I don't spend more time in, in scripture. I just try to figure out, like, I was like, what can I do to distract myself? Like, what is, yeah, what can I do? Like, I need to work more. I can, like, watch TV. I can, anything so I can just not think about the things that are going on, right? And uh, usually the things that I do end up doing, I end up shopping and I ended up uh, just creating like worst case scenarios in my head. Um, but thank God for community. I, that is one thing I'm really thankful for. And uh, I go through these things because I, um, yeah, just because like I, I do have a lot of friends that care for me that are asking about my life, but I'm just kind of unwilling to talk about it or, I, or to initiate some of that conversation just because I'm not ready to look at it, so I just kind of avoid it. But I'm really, really thankful for community. And uh, yeah, around the beginning of, of January, my good friend and coworker, uh, Sirak, he is my pastoral supervisor and, and focus, and we get to meet every week. And um, yeah, and so he had been noticing, I think, for over like several weeks or months that I wasn't doing well, um, and he, like, kept trying to figure out, like, what's the root of it? Like, I have some family stuff going on, and, and I was sad about family things, so it's like, but there was also all these other areas where I was coming to him, and just, I was like, I just feel kind of ap apathetic, I'm not excited about these things, and um, yeah, and over the course of, of a few uh, weeks, uh, it finally got to this point where he was like, hey, I... I think it's time that we address what's going on. I'm, I'm really concerned that these sad things are happening around you and in your life, but you're not talking about it. Like you're, you're upset one week and then the next day you're like, I'm fine, <laughs> like I'm fine, it's all good. And uh, yeah, and, and he was just concerned that I was like, there, there's no way that you're fine. Like how, in, how can like in a 12 hour, 24 hour, uh, yeah, period, like, how could you change and process through everything that's going on? And so he sent me this email, and uh, the day after we met, and he, um, and this is just like a, a short sentence of what he said, but he wrote, our last few conversations surrounding inner life aspects of your faith have been hints and glimpses, glimpses into parts of you that God wants to love and wants to empower. He invited me to... Uh, after that, he invited me to let myself be angry and come to God. I remember meeting with him the following week, and he said, it's like, it's okay to be angry. Like, it's okay to be sad. Like, God wants you in your sadness, and he wants you in your anger. And I did it in the moment, and the moment I got, like, mad at him, I was like, oh, like, why are you saying this? Like, but I can now see, like, it took me a few days to, to see that it just takes a lot of boldness and a lot of courage to speak into someone that isn't doing well. 
And it takes a whole lot of love to tell them, like, hey, like, let's go through this together. We are in this together, which he has been saying that over and over um, as I started talking about it. So, yeah, I chose this, this story uh, of, it's a book of Ruth, but really um, it's about Naomi uh, because it's a reminder of, of God's faithfulness to us how he works through the mundane, through friends, through family, through friends that become a family in our darkest of seasons. And I encourage you guys to read to this book this week and take the time to do that because this, yeah, this book is just full of good news. Um, and I, yeah, as you read it, you see the glimpses of how God honors the season that we are in. He honors the season that we are in, which is, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, so my first point is that God honors the season that we are in. So what, yeah, what Darby read this morning in, in chapter one, we kind of get this glimpse of Naomi loses her entire family really early in the story. So for her to be bitter at these things and, and tragedy, tragedies and at God, like it should make sense. Like there's, a, that's a good enough reason for her to like be sad and, and be bitter towards what's going on. Um, and I think that makes, also makes sense to God. It doesn't surprise God that Naomi is bitter, that she's feeling this way. And if you don't know like, how the story ends, um, we see that God steers Naomi's losses back into restoration at the end of this book. That the story that starts with, with loss and with death and grief, um, it ends with life. That through uh, Ruth and Boaz's marriage, um, and their kids, like, her life is restored. She gains this new family. And I think that by the way that the story ends, that we can for sure conclude that God honors where Naomi is at. He doesn't go away. And he continues working in her life and through those around her, even if Naomi is bitter. Even in her bitterness, God is at work. In the darkest of seasons, he is restoring her. In the darkest of seasons, he is restoring her. And this bitterness, this, this doubt, fear, shame, loneliness, like all of these are, you know, all feelings of darkness. When we feel these things, we're experiencing darkness. And something that darkness symbolizes, it's, it's the lack of light. We cannot see, when we're in a dark season, we cannot see what's happening right in front of us. That's kind of impossible. And one thing I uh, find interesting in Jesus' story about farmers sowing seeds, we focus that uh, on God's word, the seed being, so, being sown into the soil, which is us. But have you ever thought um, about where the majority of the plant growth comes from? It comes from underneath the soil. And another way to look at that is that it comes in the darkness. Underneath the soil, it's, there's a lot of darkness. And the seed itself, it surrenders itself to the vulnerability of the soil where there's weeds, where there's rocks, where there's birds. Um, anything can, like, snatch it up, right? But I think it's exactly where God is doing his work, in the darkness. In the darkness, God is doing his work. And the experiences of, of loneliness and of fear and the bitterness and, and the dread, God is at work. In the midst of Naomi's trials, God was sowing into her seed that would blossom and that would grow. 
And it's such a hard, but I think it's also a powerful lesson to learn, you know, that God is working in the darkness. Um, yeah, and this message of, like, God, like, honoring the season that we're in, like, it's just, I think I'm coming, like, now to terms with it. I'm like, he honors it so much. And he not only honors the season, he all, all, like, also honors the different types of soil. That, yeah, birds over here, where they can snatch it up, like, he goes and sows there anyway. If there's thorns that can choke the seed, like, he goes and sows there anyway. And uh, why does he do it? <laughs> it's because with God, all things are possible. He honors where we, are, where we are at, regardless of the soil that's inside of us. And this message, I think, is, makes up so much of the biblical story. I think for a while, I was, I think I was, as I read scripture, I was like, oh, the only specific stories talk, you know, we get like Zacchaeus, the woman at the well, where God is honoring uh, where these, his people are at. But now, I, like, the more that I'm reading scripture, the more, like, I'm just noticing, like, wait, no, the whole story, he's honoring his people and honor, honoring, yeah, the characters in, in the biblical story. And I'm really thankful that I started paying attention to that, to how God is intentional about honoring us, because that is just exactly what I needed in this season. Um. Yeah, and I don't not only just need to see it, I also need to accept that God honors, honors us and honors the season that we're in. And I do want to make the distinction between, like, seeing and accepting something. Because I do think that there's, like, a huge step between those things, right? That I can see that God is faithful to Naomi. That's one thing. But to accept that God would also be faithful to me, that he would honor my season, even if I am bitter... That's like a whole different ballgame, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, that it's important to, to believe that God honors the season that we are in. And when I don't accept that, I think I like, I just turn God into something that he isn't. I remember, yeah, like this season, like Christmas break, like after our focus winter retreat, just being like really upset and angry and, and just avoiding talking to God about it. I didn't really, like, yeah, pray about it just because I thought, like, no, God is, is, would be ashamed, you know, that I'm angry right now. Like, I don't deserve, like, I'm, I'm demanding too much. Like, if I come to him, I need to, like, figure out my anger and everything I'm feeling out. But I think that that's the, the accuser at work, right, that he wants us to, to feel shame for our bitterness, he will make us believe not only that God has left us, but that he doesn't care that we are going through hardships. He makes us feel shame for doubting. And, you know, just the, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I just, I, I really am like, I thought some crazy stuff, like, yeah, these past few months of, um, yeah, I feel like it's worth sharing. But, okay, so my dad is like, going through some health issues, like, he's been, he's been a functioning alcoholic for years, and the past two years, um, we found out he needs a liver, liver transplant, so we've just been trying to figure that out, and as we got word a couple months ago that, I didn't write this in my sermon, but here we go, um, we found out uh, a couple months ago that he got approved, and, which is what we've been praying for, a lot of people in this church, a lot of my friends have been praying for that, and I, like, I, when we found out it was good news, I just was really upset because I was like, you don't deserve this. Like, you 
brown alcoholic. Like this didn't happen. Like this happened for a reason. And, and then I felt that and immediately was like, oh my gosh, like I have like dishonored God. I have dishonored him and, and just didn't know what to do with those feelings. Um, and I'm really thankful that through this bitterness, like I have seen like God at work and he has been faithful through my relationship with my dad and um, yeah, just through this season. And that was really just difficult to accept that it's like, oh yeah, I'm bitter. Now let's go to God with it. Um, yeah, so God is, yeah, God is working in Naomi's bitterness and we must trust and accept that he can handle um, ours as well. Trust that he wants us in this season because I think that's, that's the, what I'm not believing, that he wants me in this season even if it doesn't look happy. So if, if God honors um, where we are at, what are the implications for us as his image bearers? Um, well, I think that if we can accept that God honors us, we then must also honor where others are at, which is, yeah, that's my second point. We must honor where others are at. Um, yeah, in this story, uh, we see Ruth's relationship with her mother-in-law. And it's one, I think, of, of honoring Naomi where she's at. I think Ruth brings a lot of honor to her mother-in-law. And we don't have, like, a ton of context on uh, how, yeah, how Ruth is doing. Like, we can just, I think we can conclude that she's not doing well. Like, she also lost her family. Uh, she can't be doing that great, you know? Um, <laughs> but what we do know is that, uh, yeah, we know that she has a deep love and a deep commitment to Naomi. She says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn uh, back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Like, that is, like, what deep love, you know, and commitment to her. Like, Ruth is an outsider to Bethlehem. But she honors Naomi so much that she is willing to break, like, any social conventions just to love her well and honor the season that she in, she's in. She has committed herself, Ruth has committed herself to Yahweh, and there is also, she understands, like, we commit to his people as well. There isn't, you know, any sort of, like, secret agenda uh, to Ruth's commitment. Um, she's not, like, trying to hurry, you know, Naomi to get over her grief. There's no expectation to uh, be taken care of by her mother-in-law. Uh, there's only love and honor from Ruth. Is this the kind of honor we are offering to others? Is this the kind of honor we are offering to those in our community? To the ones that have left our community, are we honoring them? To our coworkers, to our friends, to our spouses? And I think the big temptation that when people leave, when uh, they hurt us, uh, when they're going through the, a dark season, the big temptation is 
we're going to we want to overwhelm them, right? With like, let's ask a lot of questions, let's challenge them, let's, you know, just kind of, we kind of go hard on, on that when people are going through hard seasons. And I do think, like, I do believe that there's a time for that. Scripture does tell us that we must spur one another on towards love and good deeds and use scripture to rebuke um, and point others towards, towards that. But it also reminds us that we are servants. Scripture reminds us that we are servants that plant seeds and we water plants, but only God can make things grow. We are not in charge of that. And I think I inflict the most pain towards others when I want to take charge of the growing process as well. And as a minister in, um, at Richland, that is a hard thing to surrender to. It's very challenging because my job is about pastoring people. It's about, yeah, pastoring them into growth. And I constantly, like, wrap my identity in the growth and the progress of students. But only God can make things grow. My main responsibility as a, as a friend, as a disciple, as a minister, is to just merely walk alongside people. And I honor their growth. I'm Christ to them in the way that I, I look at them, in the way that I love them, and in the way that I accept them. That is, yeah, my only, my call. And that whenever I try to force growth in others, I think that is a telltale, it's a huge sign that I am not honoring where they're at. Whenever I try to force growth into others, I am not honoring where they are at. But I think if we want to love um, others like God loves us, we have to honor where they are at. Like Ruth, we have to trust that the Lord is taking way better care of his people than we, can, than we ever could. That our experience is is limited, that our capacity to understand is limited, uh, but God's is not. God's is not limited. If we want to grow in, in loving others by honoring them, we must also honor the season that we are at, which is my last point, to honor where we are at. And this was probably, like, the hardest <laughs> to write. All of this was hard. I'm like, I'm, I'm preaching the sermon to myself. Um, but, yeah, like, to honor where we are at is going to be, it's going to take a lot of, like, freaking hard work. A lot of hard work. We're going to have to unlearn a lot of things. Hi, Chelsea. Chelsea told me the sermon was going to be boring. So <laughs> um, I love her. She's my best friend. I'm committed to her. Wherever she goes, I go. Um, but yeah, but for us to honor where we're at, we're going to have to learn uh, and learn a lot of things to start honoring ourselves. Comparisons are the, are the thief of joy. That's a, an axiom, a quote we use a lot. If we are going to honor where we are at, we have to stop comparing ourselves to others. Um, I, yeah, that's a big deal. It's probably a really hard, not just in our culture, but I think also in, in everywhere we go. You know, in the church, I think often it's easy to believe, like, it's like, okay, no, the, the church is elevating this. And sometimes they do that, I don't think on purpose. It's like, but it's hard not to compare, you know, yourselves to others. I, I turned 30, uh, how old am I? Uh, a year and a half ago, <laughs> a year and a half ago, um, and you guys, like, leading up to my 30th birthday, I was in such a funky funk. Like, I got a dog. That's how much of a funk I was. I made a very <laughs> impulsive decision. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, the months, like, leading up to that, I was just comparing myself to, like, I was like, my life does not look like the life of other 30-year-olds around me. 
you know? Like, I'm, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't own a home. I have to fundraise my salary, and I'm not that great at that. Like, I just, the list just kept, it just, yeah, it was just kind of insane. And it was not a happy, like, birthday because I just was like, oh, gosh, like, this is everything that I thought my life would be, and it's not. And, like, do other people, are they embarrassed? Like, what are they thinking? Are they, like, do they have questions about me? And I just, you know, was going kind of crazy. But, yeah, I, I think the biggest deal is that I wasn't honoring where I was at. I wasn't honoring the season where I was at. And I think, uh, yeah, something that I'm learning right now is that honoring a season doesn't mean that you pretend to love it. I think I was spending a lot of energy just pretending. It's like fake it till you make it. Like if, you know, it, it's going to become real. It also doesn't mean that we judge where you're at um, as if it should be somewhere else. Honoring something means that you hold it in high esteem and you treat it with great respect. Psalm 16, 8 says, I always remembered that the Lord is with me. He is here, close by my side, so nothing can defeat me. Honoring where we're at also means that we don't rush things. That when Jesus said, this is in my time, what was he doing? Like he was honoring where he was at. Honoring the season that you're in is the exact opposite of rushing the season you're in. Let God teach you what he needs to teach you and trust that he is doing the most important work in the unseen parts of our hearts as we surrender to him. Yeah, so in, uh, yeah, in closing, since they gave me the mic, I <laughs> uh, wanted to just to take an opportunity to ask you um, as a church to honor where Denon North is at in this season. That would be like my last point. And I'll be real, I feel like I can have such a bad attitude about church. My roommates know I come with a lot of questions and like frustrations and um, yeah, and I think through that, I'm always consistently focused on my expectations. I'm focused on all the ways that the church is not meeting like my expectations. And I just become this, this like really sucky churchgoer. I have nothing to celebrate, but everything to criticize. And I really do feel like the biggest hypocrite like saying these things because I'm trying to figure this out too. Um, but I'm wanting to honor, honor the church where it's at. I really am trying my hardest to honor the church and where it's at. Um, and I spend instead way more thinking about what could be better. But I think we have to celebrate. We have to celebrate where God has brought Denon North Church. That he is redeeming the church right now. Even if you don't see it. Even in the darkness, he's redeeming the church right now. And the thorns he is at work right now in the darkness. And ministry has seasons. It always goes through seasons. What season is Denon North at, at right now? Um, Ten years ago, however long that was, we were new. Like, we were a new church. We were meeting at the UNT campus. Uh, we were trying to figure out, like, it's like, yeah, how, what does it look like to be a church when everyone is under, like, 22, <laughs> you know? And, um, 
And then for, I don't even know if he's here today. And then for whatever reason, like Ryan Plache and I were the youth pastors. Like at the beginning, <laughs> at the beginning of this church, I'm like, what a season, you know? We were like, yeah, we were the youth pastors to the teens that didn't like each other. And they didn't, I don't think they liked us. They didn't like us either. <laughs> yeah, Shayla can affer- confirm that. Like they did not like us. So thank God that season is over. But, but yeah, but it's like, that was the season, you know, just kidding. I honor it. I honor that I was a youth pastor with Ryan and all of that. Um, but yeah, that was like the, the season we were in over 10 years ago. And as people come and go, what does it look like to see the season that this church is in and then honor it? How can you honor the season? Um, I wanted to close by uh, by praying this prayer that I wrote a few months ago as I was going through some of these things, and um, I changed it up for you guys to to uh, talk about, yeah, so it can make sense <laughs> to the the church. But yeah, I started this prayer. It's with like two sentences for um, just talking to God about the season that I was in, and um, and then week to week, I just kept adding um, something, um, another sentence to it, another prayer request. And um, yeah, just in closing, I wanted to pray this over y'all, and that will be it. Dear Lord, we never realize the stress that we bring upon ourselves by assuming that we are capable of changing ourselves and changing others. The pain we bring by choosing to handle problems and fa- face hardships on our own. We are unaware of the darkness we live in every time that we choose to compare and to criticize instead of celebrating. Yet even when our heart posture is off, you are still faithful. And we thank you for honoring the different seasons that we are all in. I pray that we can see the way that you see us, the way that you see others, and and the way that you see your church with great love and with great honor. Amen. That's it. Thank you, Sandra. That was great. I just want to, there's nothing I can add to that. I just want to say that's what apprenticeship to Jesus looks like. I just want to say that about Sandra. The goobers that Sandra and I were back in college and the things that God has done in our lives, and then also just the people that Sandra's been able to minister to and reach through her story, her life, and in a, in a way that's not perfect and arrived and all neat and tidy. It's this journey we're on. It's a way of living and following Jesus that we get to learn from him and apprentice under him while it's a little messy and while we have to continually learn things over and over and teach others from a place of difficulty and struggle and all that kind of stuff. So I just want to say that that's what apprenticeship looks like. Um, we've got some announcements for you guys, ways to be involved in things that are happening in our community, things that are really exciting and important, and so I want you guys not to miss these things. So the first thing is not to forget that we are going to be at a new location starting on May 7th. Let's hear it. So more details to come, but just if you hadn't heard that, um, please put that on your calendar. May 7th, don't come here. It'll be a little sad. We'll be just like a quarter mile to the north, still on Bell Street at the Denton Senior Recreation Center. So put that on your calendar. It's really pretty easy to find, but don't forget that. If you have more questions about that, you can ask Leslie and I afterward. Um, the next thing is Spring Hita is next weekend on Saturday. 
So this is a cool event. We've been talking about it for a while. Just want to give it another push in case you'd forgotten. This helps raise dollars for the youth ministry um, for our family of churches. And before Ryan and Sandra did a bunch of damage to the youth ministry. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. We're still trying to work on all the things they went, they went wrong. I'm just kidding. Um, this is a really cool event, and it's we get to spend time with our family of churches as well as help invest in the youth of our churches and in their future relationships with Jesus. And so it's really cool. Don't miss it. And then that same weekend, it's kind of a busy weekend, the very following day is a workshop from Ronnie about building godly families. And we don't want you guys to miss this either. It is the Sunday right after, so it's the 23rd. Um, we had had some confusion on the date, so if you're curious and confused like Drew was this past week um, when he texted me about it, it, w- it is on the 23rd, so it's not today, <laughs> which is the 16th. Sorry about any of the confusion there, but that is going to be really cool if you are thinking of starting a family or you're just curious about this want to learn about this, you think that might be in your future, or you're not really sure, but you'd like to attend anyway, it's open for you. It's welcome for anyone to come, and it's going to be at East Plano. Is that detail stuff? There we go. Yes. It's at East Plano Fellowship. Um, and so it's a good chance also just to hang out with some Plano folks and see what their scenery is like and stuff. But yeah, it's going to be really cool. And there's, there's time for questions and stuff, so don't miss that. Um, and the QR code should send you more details as well. Uh, let me make sure I say this right. I think uh, this is two weekends from now, the women's chat cooterie, sh- like a charcuterie thing. It's a pun about that. I didn't create it. I just wanted to make sure I delivered that correctly. Um, charcuterie deal is going to be from 11 to 1 on April 29th, and I think Adrienne just wants to make sure that she knows how many people are coming and a couple things that other people could bring. So there should be a QR code right there, and you can make sure to sign up and say that you're coming and then just see if you can bring something. But that's going to be really fun and just a chance to hang out and eat some charcuterie stuff and uh, enjoy time together. So please don't miss that. Um, and then the next, that same weekend, so we've got a couple of busy weekends coming up together, is the next Spark event that we are hosting. Denton North is hosting it. All right. Sterling's excited. He's excited for all of us. There we go. So here's a cool new detail I want to tell you about. So if you were like, ah, Spark, ah, boring, whatever, uh, and you're one of those people, um, we had to change the location of Spark. It was going to be at the MLK Rec Center, but now they had something come up, and so we're going to have it at the Denton Senior Center which is happening a week before we actually move there. So if you want a preview of what it's like to be at the Denton Senior Center, you've got to go to Spark and enjoy the panel discussion about rediscovering friendship and adulthood. If you are about to transition out of college or you've been a year or two or three or whatever it is out, you know that friendship changes when you graduate. Things get different. Things get weird. The people you work with are 10 years, 20 years older than you. Uh, some of your friends, they move somewhere else. They get a job somewhere else. you got to rediscover friendship in adulthood, and it's a, it's a hard transition. And so we're going to do a panel discussion around that where we can learn from other folks on things that they've done, they've tried, things, ways they've navigated that, and a chance to discuss that together and ask questions. So don't miss that. And then the last thing is giving. And uh, Leslie, you can start coming up too. Um, our normal, Leslie's going to share about a specific giving opportunity, but I want to share too, just you can give recurring gift or one-time gift at DentonNorthChurch.com slash donate, or you can do that on Venmo at Denton North Church. This is our biggest priority is investing back into you guys, your growth, your uh, apprenticeship to Jesus, you becoming like Jesus and growing from where you are, like Shannon was talking about today, into someone that's more like Jesus. And so that's one of our biggest priorities, as well as helping in our community and meeting needs around us. And Leslie has something cool she wants to share about in that same vein, something additional that we can give to. 
Okay, so some of you know um, Franco and Danielle DeMoron, who are living in Bolivia, who are using their life to really minister to the people there and have given up a lot to really be there. And they have a little girl, and um, they have wanted to adopt another baby. And so they were able to do that, and the little girl that they adopted is named Amelia, and she has some um, pretty significant health issues that they did not know about until they had adopted her. I wanted to read you just what uh, one of the things that Danielle said um, about this, because I just think it's so sweet. But she talks about the fear that they had when they found out the health issues that their new daughter had. And she talks about um, being really encouraged by the way God answers prayers and the way that God was really working in her life before they even knew her. And then she talks about the first day they met her. And she says, the next day we were able to meet our daughter for the first time. We loved her before we met her, and being able to hold her for the first time was such a sweet gift. She was so responsive and made us laugh with the way she copied our movements. And I think it's so sweet that she was able to put into words like the fear we felt, but when we got to meet her for the first time, we knew she was ours. And so they do have some needs, and that's what we want to give you an opportunity to participate in. It costs about $50 every time they go to the doctor for a taxi to get them there. They had an accident in December, and their vehicle still hasn't been fixed, and so they have to take the taxi everywhere they go. Um, and so for that and then to see the doctor, it's about $50 each time they go. But some of the things that they uh, need to have done are she's seeing a whole lot of specialists. And so they're doing doctor appointments, supplements, lab tests, CT scans, physical therapy, all the things, lots of things. And so we want to be able to give to help with that. So if you kind of keep in mind the figure of $50 to get a taxi and get to a doctor's appointment, and then you think of all those other things that are added to that, that kind of gives you an idea of what kind of money we're looking at. But all of us in all the family of churches are working together on this, so just know that. So if you want to give through Venmo or through Tithely, on Tithely, I think there's a drop down. What does it say? It just says Danielle and Franco. So if you will choose that drop down and then click on that. That'll let us know that's what that money's for. If you give on Venmo, if you'll just put in the note, um, Amelia, just put Amelia in the note and we'll know that that's for the baby. Okay. So I am um, going to turn it over to Kurt and I'm going to ask him if he would pray for them as he closes us out. Thank you. Fan club. <laughs> Sandra, what did you speak on this morning? I was back with the kids. What did y'all speak on? Okay, I should ask the church. What did she speak on? Okay. Oh, I didn't know if there was a specific person or something like that. It was from the Old Testament, right? Okay. Well, we spoke about Moses back in the back. So I was just curious. I was curious. curious. Well, I'm sorry I missed it, but I will... Listen to it on the 
during the week. So anyway, thank you for coming and sharing. And I just want to give a shout out to all of our, our throwback friends, okay, as what all throwback friends, the, some people that, that really we grew, we've kind of grown in this ministry with, the Wallaces, um, the Gansters, I don't know who all is here today, but uh, Sierra and Hannah, people that grew up with our kids, and it's just kind of a throwback day, so it's exciting uh, to see all of them up here. So just want to give a shout out to them. Oh, yes, Danielle was um, the lady that Leslie just spoke about and her husband. They were part of the Denton ministry several years ago, so maybe even, I don't know if it's pre-Leslie and I, and we've been here a while now, so anyway. But I just want to, you know, I just want to give a shout out. Those are people that really we love a lot, and um, they're really poured into our kids and loved on our kids, and uh, we were able to to reciprocate some of that, and it's just great to have family and, and community, and so I just wanted to to recognize them because of, of what they've done, and I appreciate Sandra coming up, and that's, it's the best of big and the best of little, and that Ronnie talks about that we get to do in these churches, so we're just thankful that all of you that are here got to be there, and if I miss somebody, I'm sorry, you're still one of my throwback friends, so anyway, um, let's go to God and, and finish up in prayer. God, I just want to thank you for today, and thank you for um, our community, our uh, the best of little and the best of big, Lord, and I thank you for the people that you've put in all of our lives at different times, and Lord, we're just trying to follow you, and we just want to continue doing that. Lord, we just want to pray for our moving to the Senior Center uh, in a couple of weeks. Thank you for the GDAC and everything it's been to us over the last few years, and we just pray as we move forward, Lord, that we will continue to... Um, look to you for guidance and help. Lord, we pray. I know there's some sickness going around in our church and people are not here. We just want to lift them up. I don't know everybody that's there. We want to pray for Spring Hita. And Lord, just once again, a chance to pour into our kids and our, our teen helpers. And we just thank you for what you've done with Spring Hita over the years. And uh, we just pray for this one coming up. Uh, we pray for our college kids and the, the, as the semester's ending, Lord, and coming up, and we just pray that they will finish strong. And Lord, I just want to lift up Danielle and Franco and, and their situation and just pray for um, a healing for their uh, new little one, and uh, Lord, that we can be a part of that in, in prayer and uh, resources, just whatever way we can do, Lord. Um, thank you for loving us and being our God, and we just hope um, and pray uh, each day for what you've done and what you're doing. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.